It's Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal in the Bernabeu! Looks like Shaman! Giroud plays it in the middle! Ahead again! And Ramsey arriving! And Arsenal are back in front! Scores in the FA Cup final again! Just as he did in 20. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsenal Editor Podcast. Let's get straight into it. There's a lot to talk about. Um, I'm over the moon at the moment because something magical has just happened to me on the way back from picking up some ladder shelves. Um, I'll tell you all about it in a minute. We've got Steve from In The Clock End Podcast. How are you doing, Steve? It's a good day. I'm very good, mate. I'm really excited to hear about these ladder shelves, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. There's a story there, right? It's. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. It's possibly the best story I've I've ever come across about ladder shelves. Um it's also potentially the only story I've ever come across about ladder shells. I'm not sure there are just too many of them, but yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a weird day, mate. I mean, um, I have moved into a new flat, which is all very exciting. So I'm still sort of just going through the processes of um, adding things to my room and you know decorating and all that sort of stuff. But it's a slow process, right? I like to I like to take my time over it. anyway. So my girlfriend messaged me saying there's some a corner ladder shelf is something I've been eyeing up on various uh, Ikea pages and things. And there was one for going 15 quid, the other side of Frisbee Park. So, right, so I nip over there. It was a bit of a walk, a bit of a walk. And by the time I picked it up, it was uh, it was quite heavy. So I thought, right, I'm going to get the bus back. So I got the bus back, started walking across from what would be the corner of Frisbee Park Station to what would be the entrance. And in between that, you have to cross the road and then walk down a little sort of opening and then you get there. Um, and as I was crossing the road, holding holding my ladders, um, I, I realised I was walking next to Mikel Arteta, of all people. I was like, "Hang on, what?" <laughs> and I was like, "Mikel, hi." It was just like I realised he was kind of walking somewhere with a purpose. I was like, you know, carrying my ladders. I was like, "Hey, I've, you know, I've, I've I've got running an Arsenal letter to community. I'm, you know, I've got about two hundred thousand people within it. I, I, I'm on my way to record a podcast with Steve, of course. Um, obviously, obviously, obviously. And I was, he was a kind of I'm not going to lie, he wasn't listening, but he was like, yeah, hey, thank you, just sort of thing. And um, he was like, anyone's like, do you want a picture? I said, sorry, do you want a picture? Do you do you mind having a picture? I said, he goes, no, no, no problem, no problem. Um, and I had a little selfie with him, with him, him and my ladders, which is now on the Instagram, which I'm sure people have either seen or you can see on the Instagram if you go there. So um, and I was over the moon. It turns out it, the picture house in between that walk, he was just walking into the premiere of... Um, Arsene Wenger's documentary and he was a little bit late I just missed Wenger I realised that just following behind him and I was walking on with my ladders there was Edu Lee Dixon James McNicholas from um, and James Genge I think his name is the um, the uh, journalist and then I think there was one that was so funny There's, you know David Bedell the guy who does um, three lines on the shirt yeah. his name so there was a guy that walks in and I've just got speaking to these Arsenal fans I was like what's going on here and I you know, realised and just before I was about to walk off, he started to go and get a selfie with this guy who looked a bit like David Bedell, but wasn't David Bedell. And then it definitely, <laughs> definitely wasn't. He started walking That's back. Hilarious. And That's hilarious. Oh, I just got a picture with David Bedell. I was like, no, you didn't, mate. <laughs> didn't. <laughs> it was very funny. And I walked oh. off, but we just missed Fenger, and I believe there was some more coming in, but I walked off with my ladders, happy as loud. That's, so. that's crazy. I know a guy who went to the um, David Dean and um, Wenger and he, yeah. it, was, it was last night, actually, in fact. It was. Uh, at the theatre, he, he went to the show and, he, like, he sent me some videos and it was, like, Vieira, Lumberg, Perez, like, says Farragas. It was literally, like, I don't know, it was, like, the who's who. It was incredible to see um, 
all those players in like you know, all these people, you know, these Arsenal legends in like one place. Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's um we did some work with them for, for, through our Instagram, just like you know, promoting it in all sorts, but I didn't get to watch the live screen streaming. Um but I'm looking forward to see that I'm um, hopefully there'll be some highlights. I'm sure there will. Have you seen anything? Did your mate say it was good? Yeah, you said it's really good. Um I've not watched it either because I was working last night. So I I think you can still buy it. It was like okay. it was, I think it was like five was it like five pounds to watch I it think live? It was. I think yeah. you can still buy it and watch it. I'm sure it'll be on YouTube at some point. Um but no, that's that's so cool. Honestly, like, you must be buzzing about Oh mate, I'm over the moon. I'm, I'm over is the moon. He, is he he's as just handsome? as handsome. Yeah. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> is he, is he, he as handsome in real life? I mean, look, look. Uh, it's the first time I've ever felt uh, you know, powerless. To a man, I think I should say, he no, he was he was he was quite small actually. He was very small. He was about like I'm not a tall man, um, and he was a bit smaller than me, which I found really shocking. He was very very like petite, I think I should yes. say, just like very very slim, quite a small frame, a bit shorter than me, which takes some doing, um, which I think you always find. I think actually when you meet people who are famous, you always think they're going to be much bigger than Massive. they are. But, Bearing uh, in mind, he was like a central midfielder as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in a in a in a pushover Arsenal team, should have been joking. As all the pundits say, no, um, um, no, it's true. I, I, it's... I wouldn't have known what to say. I, I'd have bottled it and just sort of um, regretted it for the rest of my life. Yeah, no, no. I, I managed to style it out in some way. Well, no, I say that he was very, very like not keen to listen to anything I was saying. I was trying to show him like the Arsenal editor stuff, and he's just like, ah. He thought I was asking for a picture, and I also was. It was one of those. But it was good, mate. And um, I've, I've, I've since, since about an hour ago when, I, when it happened, I've, I've trusted the process ever since. Trusted the process, I love yeah. it. All, all it took was um, a ladder rack and Nicolas Air. Exactly. Just, I think it's more the ladder, to be honest. Um, but look, I mean, there's, there's also a lot of football going on, and we've been playing very well because of that man. So. Well, we can, I'm sure, get into that. Um, but look, Steve, mate, last time we spoke, I don't even remember the podcast we did was just after the Palace game. We were both knackered, apart from anything else, but we were also, like, pretty depressed about the whole situation. And looking back now, that moment where Lacazette scores the last-minute goal and, like, kind of means... It feels like it means quite a lot. And whilst we were hugely downbeat at the time, do you think we can both look back at that podcast and that time and then the time that Lacazette scored and sort of use that as like a point of reference for maybe this is where the the belief and the energy or something happened or what what do you think? Yeah, it's almost like we turned a corner that evening without really realising. Um, we're reactionary, aren't we, as football fans? And I think we were both pretty upset with with that result and... Yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, you know, and the, the way we've responded since then, uh, you can't you can't knock the team, can you? Uh, especially the win at Leicester, um, as we beat Villa, and then you know 
uh, it's what's 10 in a row now. So, yep. and the fact that we're sat in fifth, it's given me like, you know, dizzy, dizziness, <laughs> looking down at that league. And then I'm starting to sort of look up thinking, oh, there's not, there's not many, there's not many teams left above us. Um, it, it's, it's incredible. How, you know, if someone said to, you know, said to you after Man City, you know, in a, in a, in a month's time or soon, you're going to be, like two months time, you're going to be fifth in the league, you know, two points behind Liverpool, I think it is. You'd have probably left them out of the building. But, um, Listen, I think I think he's done a good job, and I think the players really buy into Mikel Arteta, don't they? Yeah. Um, it, I'm still not necessarily sold on on the long term, but listen, if, while he's the manager, and I think I said this last time, I support him and back him, and you know what, we're starting to play better, um, and we're, we're we're grinding that results. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I remember saying that the Palace game was the first time I really was like, I don't think this is going to work which is hilarious because that's been the turning point. And actually that's something we continued in the passion of the players, even though we didn't play that well, we managed to get a last minute goal and just played Watford now. And we've answered a lot of the questions I think we had after even playing well and having big, big starts, um, you know, and I think we've come out of it unscathed. And I think we know that after those first three games, we knew we had all those caveats mm. that the players were out. Uh, we hadn't brought in the players we wanted yet. There was COVID in the camp. Um, all these sorts of things and obviously playing the two best teams in the world champions of Europe and the champions of, of the Premier League the most expensive squad ever assembled and we had Callum Chambers and um, Rob no. Holding at centre-back so yeah God we didn't make up but it's like and we knew that they were, they were caveats and we knew that it was a nightmare but I think there was a very select few it would take the bravest of Arsenal fans I really think we would come back this far I knew we'd come back I I thought it would take a long time. I didn't think damage was done, but I thought I didn't put a number to it, but I thought we'd be around seventh or eighth by Christmas. And I thought that would be our level. Mm. Um, I've been proved wrong. Like, I mean, I saw a table the other day and we'll get into Watford properly in a minute. I know that's sort of what we're here to do, but um, I saw a table the other day of what, what the teams would be like if it was just like 2020. That's a lie. 2021. That's where we're in. The table would, would be third. If we took all the points 2021. And I know that's not what happens in, um, that's not what happens in the league. And I know it's like, oh, we were second since Christmas for a long time. And it doesn't count because you have to do it within the season. I get that. But mm. I think it does show because it's really significant. And we've said this many times, the entrance of Emil Smith-Rowe, the change of formation on Boxing Day, that Chelsea game. And all the way through, we've. I think I, I just think that's our level. We we have good games. We have bad games. We've got exciting games. We, I think, I think we're probably a fifth fifth or fourth level squad but because of the youth maybe we we might come sixth i think that's fine but who knows there's a long way to go um i'm sure we'll have dips in forms yeah form up until then but yeah it it, it, it feels good yeah no it does feel good <laughs> we haven't said that in a while um like yeah I, 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 sunday night monday morning i'm still bouncing off the walls this was a big grin on my face um yeah. i watched the game at home and um, i was celebrating when Smith Rowe scored that the wonderful goal in the second half, and I got told off by Steph for celebrating it too much. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it a little bit too much, um, but it, it was a great, it was a great, uh, a great result. Um, and and you know what, going into international break, it was so important to sort of go in on a high, um, you know, and to sort of keep that momentum going. And um, you know, I think when when you go into international break, a break on on the back of a draw or defeat, it just feels like. Your lifetime, you know, you've got to wait until until you're playing again. 
Yeah, I know. And I like, I think last time the international break weirdly like kind of saved us in a weird way, didn't it? Because we needed to stop the rot and our football wasn't going to do that because people still out COVID. The transfer thing hadn't finished, I don't think. But, um, and, you know, we managed to come out the other side of it and we've gone, what, 10 on the trot and it's just not something I thought would happen. But I Pretty think, mad, I think, isn't it? It is crazy. Fair play to, fair play to Otter. There you go, Mikel. You get that from There you me. go. There you go. I'll go back and tell him. I'll go and wait for him that's, outside. The, that's the probably cinema. why he wasn't interested because he was like, "Yeah, I know exactly who you are." Yeah, I I, I, I listened to the podcast after Palace. You and Steve slating me. Yeah. You can do one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I'm just going to go back and look at our fixtures over this. Um, you know, I think oh, how do I go a bit, go a bit further back? Let's see. So after City, you know, we had Norwich. That test we got over just Burnley away. Not easy. But it was like, okay, can you do it at Burnley away? Yeah, okay, you scraped it. Still, we haven't had a big game. Wimbledon, obviously, that was slightly different. Can you do it against Tottenham, a big team? Albeit not doing very well at the time. Yeah, we absolutely annihilated him. Unbelievable performance. Okay, sure, but that Tottenham team wasn't very good. Can you do it against Brighton away? The answer was no. We came out of that unscathed, mm. but we still picked up points. Can you do it against Palace? The answer was probably no, but we showed a lot of spirit. And that's when we started to feel Dan Harden's right. Well, can you keep this up? Even when you know, and even when we're not playing badly, we're playing badly. We're not, we're not, we're not losing, which is important. And then Villa absolutely obliterated them. Leicester, unbelievable performance. Like, yeah, but you know, can you really then put a marker down and do the get over the what would probably be a typical banana skin with party out and playing at home just before an international break, having just played well against Leicester? This had banana skin all over, it and we did it. I think we played really, really well. But um, so I think we're answering a lot of questions, and now it's you know Liverpool next, and. I'm sure we'll get into that, but um, real test. It is a big test. Do, do you but it's a free like, hit. It is a free hit. It is, it is. absolutely. It's. I, I think, think it's when a, you played so well. It's a free hit in terms of like, don't embarrass yourselves. <laughs> like, if we go there and we lose, but we put a performance in, that's all. The, the fans obviously we want to win, you know. But as a, as an Arsenal fan, but I think the fans will accept that if we go there, we lose one nil or two one. But if we, you know, we give her all. We come away and go. You know what? We we we, we yeah, brush ourselves down. We move on. And I think I think the fan base we'd be we'd, we'd accept that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I really think we would. I think we'd like. I think for the players as well. I mean, historically, Arsenal team might have come off a bad run, or they're getting slated by the by the fans. So the pressure's really ongoing to us like Anfield because you just don't want to get embarrassed. And the players tense up. We've seen it happen many times. And uh, you know it's it's goals galore for the, for, for oh, Liverpool, City, United. It can happen, you know? and um, I feel like the players like are going to go in there with a breath of fresh air. They they know they're not probably not going to win. They know, but they know they can get some points out of it if they really put their effort. in. And I think they'll go there much much braver than they would have at any other point in any other season I can think of. So you know I'm I'm, I'm really happy for them, and I think. We've passed a lot of tests. And and yeah, so let's talk absolutely. about the Watford test anyway, obviously. So so what did you think about the lineup? I mean, obviously no party was a bit scary. Um, yeah, that was, you know, a little unnerving. Um, you know, I think that, that the sort of we're always one injury away in the midfield from being very light, aren't we? Um mm. I think it's, you know, without Jacker and Party, not not necessarily Thin on the ground in terms of bodies, but in experience, you know, where, you know, once he's out, you do there is there is a massive hole in that midfield. Um, but for, you know, credit to Ainsley McNiles, he came in and did a good job. Um, yeah, and you know, it was much, it was much. I think it was pretty much the same um, as, as Leicester, right? You know, um, 
Tierney came back into the squad but was on the bench. Um, Nuno Tavares maintained his position on the left, which I thought was fully deserved. Um, I like the fact that Arteta didn't just bring Tierney back in. Because um, I thought, like, you know, he merited, his, he, he merited that, uh, that that start again. And um, I think I think we te- I think I texted you about it and you were saying how, like, chaotic he is. And, you know, yeah. he, he brings so much to the team. And also, like, I like the fact that we haven't got to rush players back now um, because we, we, we're not in that position where we have to bring them back because we've got backups who are good enough and can do a job. Yeah, he had his bit between the teeth, didn't he? Like, you know, he he came in from Tierney and he was like, I'm I'm not going away. They're not here to make up the numbers. And I love that. I absolutely love that. And I think we all, you know, I think a lot of fans wrote off Alex Lacazette for a couple of times last season. You know, maybe he's coming to last year's contract. His legs aren't what they were or, you know, whatever. And, you know, he's, Odegaard lost his place to him. I think Alex Lacazette came back, played for, played against, um, AFC Wimbledon, he played against Palace and got that winner, having played unbelievably well. I think he did something very similar against Brighton. And he's earned his place and he's got his bit between the teeth and he wants to fight for his place. And competition is good. He's keeping Martin Odegaard out of the team. Um, and that's happening with Tavares. It's happening across the pitch. And, you know, it, it's it's really pleasing. Um, I'm still a bit worried, I think, about how far that goes across the pitch. Like, you know, I think if Saka gets injured, is Pepe going to be a, a smooth enough replacement to keep like our tactics and the way we want to play going, maybe is that going to become a bit lopsided? I don't know. We know. I, I think if we scratch our centre backs, I get a bit nervous. Perhaps we can play like, you know, I don't know. Maybe bring Kieran Tierney into left centre back, play a back three, and you know, and maybe play Tavares out wide on the left. But I don't know. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 really good to have competition. My my worry obviously was with Party not playing, but and having Lacongre and Angelie Mate and Niles come in, which was worrying, but I'm and I wasn't that confident in it. I must I mustn't lie, I was a bit nervous about it. Um but I think, yeah, they really proved us wrong. Angelie Mate and Niles got man of the match. Weirdly, I was kind of realizing as well, think how young that team is around him. Angelie Mate and Niles is a bit of a senior head in that, weirdly. And he's the third oldest. I mean, how old mental. is he? How old is he like? Twenty-four, I believe. He That's he was mental. the third oldest on the field behind um Abamyang and Lacazette, I believe. Yeah. Um, I mean, you uh, take off, take off um, Lacazette, which obviously he did come off. Then that that average, <laughs> average age just dropped mad, dramatically. It? It, it, it reminds me very much of those sort of um, early Wenger teams in the Emirates era, where you know, yeah, you sort of had an abundance of youth. Um, and you know, going back to what you said there about like you know, kind of backups, <coughs> it's nice to have the conversations that we're having in terms of like when we've got these players who we want to play, who we want to see. Do you know what I mean? Like. We're excited by the likes of Saka, um, Smith Rowe, Tierney. We're not, we're not saying, oh God, William keeps starting every week, week in, week mm-hmm. out. You know, when someone else going to get a chance? At least we're seeing the players we want to see. Um, and you know what? You know, hopefully it creates competition, and hopefully Nicolas Pepe um, learns <laughs> something. <laughs> from yeah, me. I don't know what he's going to learn. Yeah. He's hot and cold in my head, you know, like sometimes when he's on form, it feels great because he does spectacular things. He does things on the pitch that a lot of other players just can't do. But, you know, for most of the time, he, I think you realise even some of the good stuff he does, how many touches he takes doing those good stuff stops the rest of the 10 players playing as well as they can. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I think it's just such a unique player, but everything else sort of has to stop for him to do his good bits. And I think we're sort of starting to realise that and we don't necessarily have to rely on his maverick, you know, 
footballing ability um so predictability yeah it's yeah, so predictable just, isn't it it's it's crazy how like with Saka on, on the right um we just it's, it's, there's no messing is there i know people were criticizing Saka's performance on Sunday. i thought he was pretty good to be honest oh before. i thought he was good yeah, i yeah. thought he, i thought he was very good every time we got the ball he looked we looked dangerous and we don't really have that with pepe so you know he brings that kind of fear factor and i think lacazette as well lacazette just is that kind of missing piece of the puzzle Going forward, we just look like a completely different team with him in the team. Without him, just doesn't it doesn't seem to click. It doesn't seem to click as much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, completely. And Lacazette, it's not something I thought I'd see him play in a position again for Arsenal. I think, and it's kind of a, a new one in a sense. It's starting with that second striker in a weird sort of four four two ish sort of thing, as we've mentioned. But in these kind of almost not like just a bit further forward than a ten, but drops deep wins free kicks like I've never seen anyone win free kicks before he just gets his leg out and he just has these he started to do these turns that we know we've sort of done before but he just has this sort of knack of being able to change direction at such an not a fast pace but just a with an unpredictability that just seems to just open space and um I just think they found an, an, an absolute gem in putting him in that position now I think my my worry going into this and I think was almost proven true was that well, we've done it for the last couple of games and it's still quite new. And as we mentioned, it's happened a few times with Arteta that he deploys a new formation. It starts going really well and then it just sort of drops off because they get scouted and people realise what they're doing. And um, that did, did happen against Watford. People sort of look at us and go, well, these guys are actually playing quite well. We're not going to be able to just go to the Emirates and try and get on them because they were weak like last year, per se. But, you know, they're able to... We shouldn't, you know, it's not like let's have a go, right? They're, they're thinking, right, let's be compact and let's do a counter attack. So they tried to they drop the low block, drop the, you know, the, the middle five, four into it, deep into the midfield and just try to stop any, anything going through the spaces. And um, and that was a new challenge. We knew that would happen at some point and it was always going to be the question is whether we could overcome it. Um, and I think it really worked. I think we had to adapt a little bit. I think Saka and Smith Rowe in particular had to sort of work slightly more inside than they normally would or then try and go around the outside and use the wingers. Um, sorry, the, the wing backs. Tommy Asu even got forward a little bit. Um, but uh, I, I, thought, I thought we came for it really well. I mean, I don't know what you think, but do you think, do you think this was really comfortable or do you think this was like a nervy 1-0? Yeah, it was a strange one. Um, I was speaking to my mate before the game and, I, and we both said sort of like, if we get the early goal, we'll be fine. But if we get to like the hour mark and it's 0-0, that's when it's sort of like... You know, it can go either way. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, let's, yeah, let's say um, Saka's on side, whatever. We get the goal. I think it'll be, I think it'll be very comfortable. Or, you know, Aubameyang doesn't tap in. Odegaard's, you know, wonderful, you know, piece of, piece of play. And, <clears throat> you know, he's 2 0 and it's sort of, you know, game's done. Um, I think, I think the biggest issue on Sunday was, was the way the Watford approached the game with this sort of non football, wasting time. Um, kicking us, you know, trying to mm. foul us at every opportunity. Every time we tried to kind of get the game going or hit him on the break, there was always a foul and it was so infuriating. And that's what yeah. I love so much about the fact that when, I'm sure we'll get onto it, but when we scored the goal, that you know, from the throw-in and, you know, Ranieri said that, you know, Arsenal kind of you know, showed no class and no respect in, in, for not giving the ball back. And it's sort of like, mm. well, you know, you've got to show respect to receive respect, right? You know, you can't, you can't be going around kicking us for 90 minutes and then expect yep. us to give the ball back. Um, you know, you, it's a two-way street. And, um, you know, 
it, it was it was it was nice to see that sort of side of Arsenal, just sort of kind of give them the, the middle finger and say, okay, well, you know, if you want you you want to play like that, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll match that. Yep. No, I couldn't agree more. I, I you know, I, I mean, sure, let's talk about the goal. And we can sort of talk about how um you know the, the comfortability of the game. I think after, but um, my immediate reaction was, oh, I don't know how I feel about that when I first because I didn't really even notice it in the moment, to be honest. Um, it was more afterwards when I saw Ranieri and. My immediate reaction was like, ah, oh, maybe, maybe that's not that great. Um, but I very, very, very quickly realised that, to be honest, their their tactic, as you mentioned, was to just kick us the whole game. They were going down, they were faking being injured, and all this sort of stuff. And if you look at you look at it back, right? What happens is someone's half down. I can't remember who it is, the name of the player, but he's half down at up top. He's getting up when he kicks it out. And he's been trying to fake being injured. Danny Rose then starts, I don't even saw it, starts yeah, shouting it. at him to get down, right? He's <laughs> just like, get down again, get down again, because we want, it's like, well, you're clearly trying to cheat here. I've got no respect for it. Sure, I, I, you know, I, it, it's, it, it may be a little bit disrespectful. I don't know. No, quite it's frankly, not. No, it's it was, not. I, I just, I, I don't it's care. Cheating. Like, I, it's, it's cheating, cheating mate. If, if he was down and he was actually injured and we'd gone done that, I would have been so embarrassed. And I would have be completely on Ranieri's side, but um, it was a tactic, and I think we looked past it, and I think we were wise to it. I'm glad Lacazette decided to to carry on through it because I, you know, sit look in the face of a cheater and just be like, nah. I'm... And and to be honest, it was about four or five phases after that happened anyway. So, and the, the player was up; they weren't a man down. Um, the only point they were a man down was because Ainsley made Nas challenge, which um, I thought was fair. I thought if that had gone against me, that whole goal. That's the thing I'd be aggrieved at. I, I I thought it was a foul, to to be honest. Yeah, no, um, it is a foul. I think we got lucky there. Too. And the I fact that VAR, well, the VAR looked at it, and the referee obviously had seen it, and they they decided not to overturn it. Well, you know what? How, how many decisions of weird go against us? Um, in the, yeah, since since, since uh, VAR has been on the scene, so many very very questionable calls. So sometimes you, you're gonna take them. I agree, and weirdly enough, and. Um, I do think we've had our luck with VAR in the last 10 games. Like, I'm thinking back to, to the Lacazette um, penalty against Villa, which I don't think wasn't a penalty, but I thought was was looking back at it quite surprised that was strong enough to be overturned when we've certainly seen less not be overturned or, you know, because of the on-field decision. Um, for some reason, I can't really think of, of much now, but it comes to my head. But I do remember feeling a few times like, oh, I'm quite surprised we got that and um i heard a really good point from elliot and clive on the arsenal vision podcast they said that they think that's to do with like a historical arsenal are easy targets and of course it's granite Xhaka doing that because that's what granite Xhaka does and of course it's david louise because that's what he does so it's like well this is easy to give because no one's going to complain because it's them and um and also because we had a lot of foreign contingency coming in and we used to get a lot of bad decisions or whatever and and um wenger would complain a lot but now I think there's kind of like, yeah, exactly. And now uh, they made an interesting point is that now we've kind of got this very young, very likable, almost we've earned the right to be an underdog in a weird way. Um, and I thought, who knows if that's a factor, but it does feel like, I, I feel like we're starting to get some kind of rubber to the green. And I think that's fine to say, and that, but that will stop. Um, and I don't think that's the reason why we've been winning or anything like it, but it's... Um, yeah, I I think some something's looking on us, you know, happily. Um, I think you know. I think we're we're a team. We you know we're not a team. We blow teams away. 
Um, we are a team who wins by fine margins. And I feel like when we, you rely on these sort of results, you, these you know, key decisions, you know, they have to go for you. Um, yeah. You know, for, for a team like City, you know, they, they might get, you know, they, they might get two or three bad decisions go against them, but they're, they're likely, likely they'll score maybe two or three goals and win comfortably. So mm. I think that's, that's the major difference where we, where, where we want to get to is where it's like, we don't want to rely on these key decisions to go against us to win games. Um, yeah. You know, it's the fine margins and, and that's what, that's what we need to really change. Um, but listen, yeah, if, if we win, you know, one nil for the rest of the season, you know, I'll take that Ooh, for the, for the rest of eternity. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate wouldn't i just like um and maybe we'll just get off our zero goal difference <laughs> um, run away it won't run, run away, away. mate <laughs> run away but I, I you know what I, i'm looking back at the game and it was a nervy at the end just being one nil down i don't think like i felt very comfortable throughout the whole game i thought the organization of the defense led by gabriel and white was really good really happy with that i thought those two are really really becoming like really key players for us and, becoming very vocal and there's like a back centre three between them and Ramsdale. I think they are the core of everything we do and I'm very happy. Um, but, uh, and yeah, and if, if Aubameyang hadn't like tried, he was it he, sc- he scored like an anti-hat trick. He, he's literally scored. He should have taken a touch to score when Saka scored. He obviously missed a penalty. And then what was the other one? He, um, Odegaard. Oh, he did Odegaard's goal. Odegaard's, Odegaard's goal. That was so funny. I'd, I'd love to um, know where you stand on this because I personally was a bit irritated by Aubameyang. Mm. I thought, I didn't think he was, I, I thought it was a bad at the office. But I also thought like, if if you look at the situations, you know, I, I, if you isolate each individual situation in the game, you think, oh, okay, he's made an error. It's just because it was, that one game it sort of was like okay now enough of that please you know <laughs> it was just like what's next oh yeah yeah do you know what i mean um and and i think with the odegaard one i think you know if if that's if that's going wide and he doesn't get it then there's the question of well, why is why is the batman not getting onto it so it's it's one of them isn't it yeah yeah it's true Look, i i saw i saw you know we saw an abamyang that was chasing after everything was desperate to get his goal and um, that's Nabamyang I want to see. I must say, though, from the first minute, he did look like he wasn't... I don't know. He, he um, There was something about his facial expression. It was weird because when you... Like last season, you used to see Nabamyang and he looked like a bit not with it or a bit not into it or a bit... I think, you know, he had malaria, he had COVID, he was late and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> um, whereas this season, he's been chomping at the bit at every single opportunity and he's been chasing down players. And I saw he kind of had a bit of both. But mm. facially, it looked like he was a bit not the races looked like everything was going against him <coughs> maybe a bit he just looked a bit sad but in terms of where he was running and chasing everything and desperate look he looked hungry for a goal but just looked like it wasn't his day i think that was it i'm not too worried about it um but the i think i think we need an upgrade ultimately in that position. yeah and that's eventually. that's sort of where we need to go that that will that, take this team to the next level because i feel like hit, hit both him and like as it have reached their ceiling um you know they're not getting any younger um, and I think it's mm. it's in an area where we definitely need to upgrade, maybe. Yeah, and I, I don't think they're going to both be informed throughout the season. That's that's what's worrying. And I don't think we have a proper backup um, for either of those. I mean, I know Martinelli will come on and, and do a job, but he's very young. Balogun, he's only played once this season. Um, and even Nketiah has played more than him. So, I yeah, I don't know. I, it's a tough one. But in, just on the last one with um, Abamyang and the, and the reach out to the touch to, to, to do it, 
well, the first goal, it's just a bad touch. He's got to be concentrating a bit more on a Saturday lunchtime, Sunday lunchtime. <laughs> yeah. Um, then he, uh, the penalty was just, pff, that happens. It was the great penalty. He's not the best at penalties. Um, didn't happen. The other one, uh, yeah, it's a hard one. He just, I think for me, if he really didn't know he was offside, I'm really happy he went for it. But the, the problem was he should have known he was very offside. Like, you know, I'd want my striker, and if he doesn't have long to react, that it's coming quick. We still didn't even know if it was going in or out. There's no way a Bamiyang did in the flash of an eye. Get a foot to it, get it in. But yeah, you really should know that's offside. <laughs> when, Ow. As a striker, you know. I felt sorry for Odegaard because he, he was such a nice piece of play from him. Mm. And... I think would would that have been his first? No, he scored the Emirates, wasn't he? Yeah, he, but yeah, he scored the Emirates. A... Scored against Spurs, and then he scored against Burnley in the. Um... But in front of a crowd, though. Oh right? yeah, no, it would have been. So it would have been. been, and I think with the way his season's going, it would have really sort of pushed him on a little bit. You could tell his frustration, and then yeah, immediately really see that. Unhappy. It, it did annoy me a little bit that Aubameyang's just going to lie on the floor smiling, and I'm thinking there's still ten minutes to go here, and it's one nil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the. It's not a time for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I know, yeah. It, 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 I thought Odegaard was really good when he came on. I think he was desperate to get back in the starting team. And again, that's what you want, right? It's really what looks you want. hungry, doesn't he? It does, it does. And it's exciting. Um, and I can't believe we've got, I don't know how long we've been recording, but I don't know how long we got without properly talking about Saka and Smith Rowe or even just Smith Rowe or whatever. Um, wow. Aren't we lucky to have those two? I mean, what did you make of Smith Rowe's performance? In his sort of last ten games, oh, he's just—he's he's unbelievable, isn't he? Um, and I just love the passion and just the—they just—I don't know. We, we we finally got a set of players who you feel really want to be at the club, and they love playing mm-hmm. for this club. And there's a real connection between the fans and the players, and we haven't had that for a long time. And man, listen, delighted. I, I love him to bits and buzzing for him that um you know he's got his England call of well deserved. Mm. Maybe I'm a little bit um selfish the right words, not selfish. I just don't want him to get injured. Yeah. That's what I say. As 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 happy as I am, I'm like wrap them both in um bubble wrap, give them five minutes <laughs> and mm. send them back to the Arsenal, you know, ready for Liverpool. But no, listen, they're they're phenomenal. Um just and you know, probably, probably you know, the Emerald Smith Row Saka uh, Saka Row is, is possibly the greatest chant known to oh, Isn't it just, mate? Isn't it just it's my favorite ever? I mean, I was at the Villa game and <laughs> I think it was just absolutely wild. And it's just it the great. best song ever. And I think you can tell for those two having come through the hell end and being the number seven and the number 10 for these teams, uh, this team, iconic and, numbers, right? Like, and their first proper season doing so with the fans back back on a run they're scoring they're the main guys like they've got, they're pinching themselves it's a dream come true and they've got this song and i've not i've not seen the emirates rocking like i have this season in, in a long long time i think no, and, that, we're, and we're fifth no, i think people mental. just feel connected to the to the fans and oh, to the did. players and, and, and is it just me I, I don't know if they are bigger but saka in particular but both saka and smith throw they both look bigger i don't know if that stature presence the the kit. I mean, I don't know. But like, Maybe what, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell. Just um, feel more, you know, present. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think. I mean, I think it's 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 such a. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, to, to, to kind of give them the ten and the number seven. You're from the club. 
that's sort of you know it's a, a, a huge statement, and I feel like that's sort of been reciprocated in you know what they give you know uh, to the fans and, and to the club, and in you know it, you can see it just means so much to them, and um, yeah. Yeah, yeah let's get a statue. Get a statue. Get a statue. <laughs> oh, don't say that. I was at, I was that. at Leicester and um, mm. oh, I was yeah. Oh, the fans there look crazy. It was rocking. It was uh, yeah, it was cracking. That was yeah, brilliant, mate. Honestly, yeah, I've seen the videos. I've seen like on Twitter and obviously you sent me quite a few. It just again, the fans, the players, it's just all one. And I think just being so young and like humble, I think a lot of the players were. Mm. And, very down to earth, um, aren't they? Honestly, they are. Like, there was this, there was this interview. I can't remember who it was with, but Saka was asked to introduce himself before he started the interview, and this just shows the humility. And again, it's just a small thing, and it's just because you love Saka. But he was just like, he was like, "Hello, my name is Bukayo Saka. I play football." <laughs> it's like we know you play football, mate. You're one of the most important footballers <laughs> in the country at the moment. It's like you literally playing the final of the European Championships for England for the first time. It's just it's like phenomenal. So funny, but you know, it's 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 great to see and. Um, I think one of the things I actually noted at the beginning was, I think I noted it as a negative, um, was that at the time, like, we would pass it to Saka out right in the right, particularly in the first half, and everyone would just start drifting away from him, leaving him on his own, and just getting into areas that they know he could deliver. And I noted down as a negative because, like, he then had to do something special and would do something special. We'd just get past the player, get it in, cut inside, get a good cross in from the corner of the penalty box, which is a dangerous position to do so. But... Um, everyone else would just be like drifting away from him. He wouldn't, but like, no one else gives him options. I don't know if you noticed that, and maybe it was just Watford, but I'll have to look at the other games to see if they did, but they just know he's going to do something good and they just and get into like, the area. And You've you know, got this. Yeah. We'll be over there. <laughs> like the smoothness and the effectiveness of which and like the high output of what he gives when he plays football is just phenomenal. And I think... Oh, God, yeah. And, and like, whereas you get Pepe, as I mentioned before, whilst he can do something sensational... No one quite knows what he's going to do. People no. are standing, they're starting, they're, they're moving, not quite in the right places. They're not sure where he's going to go, where they is have he, to go. Is he going to tackle himself? Is, is he, he going to tackle fall himself? over, trip over his feet? Uh, whereas, whereas Saka, every time he gets to the ball on that right, mm. you're instantly out of your seat and you're excited and you're like, soon could happen. Every That's time it. you feel like there's that, there's that kind of... Um, he just, yeah, it's incredible what, what he brings and what he does, and the, the fact that so him and Smith Rowe were so young, mm. um, I, I, I would sign up for life and just like you're not leaving. No, oh, mate, and I, well, um, and this Smith Rowe said that, didn't he? He's like, he, um, he said that if I'm Arsenal want me forever, they've got me forever, and he's just that's the sort of stuff you want to hear from what these kind of players, me? and and he, you can tell every time he scores, he's like, it's the happiest moment in his life, and um, yeah, I thought he was yeah, phenomenal. He's incredible. You know, like, yeah, it is, mate, it is. And I think that's what people love. And he, um, I saw some stats earlier and, I, you know, I, I haven't got them in front of me, so I won't quote them. But um, he, in terms of like someone who's asked for the number 10, who's come in, who's a really important player for only like nine months or so up until the beginning of the season, he's asked for the number 10, he's taken number 10, he's got, he's got to start shooting. He's got to start, at, you know, getting assists. And his, you know, the amount of times he's shooting is going up, the amount of times he's getting to the box is going up, his passing to the final third going up, he's, everything is going up. And he's seeing the results for it. I think he's just confident. You know, he's happy to take these shots on where before he probably felt a bit shy. Maybe just having the number 10 on the back really, like, I don't know, just makes him feel, like, important. And I think going to England, um, second, I know what you are saying earlier, sorry, about him uh, potentially getting injured or him or Saka, but 
I don't think Smith Smith Rowe is going to play that much. I think this is going to be about, you know, if he was going to go to the under twenty ones and he would have played the whole time then. So if anything, yeah. this is better. Touch wood, but no, um, I mean like, that's you know clearly only a. Being a bit, is selfish the right word? It's not selfish. It's you know just yeah, it's um, selfish, mate. Yeah, but you know it's being a bit selfish. Yeah, oh, that's fine. We can be have selfish. fun, but don't have too much fun. <laughs> yeah, enjoy yourself, but be back by eleven. Yeah, literally. Um, but no, it's great for him and. Like I said, f- fully deserving. It's you know, obviously Ramsdale's in there as well. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's, it's it's a great time. <laughs> you know what? It's 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 a great time to be an Arsenal fan, which is weird considering the start of the season. It just feels like very. It just feels like an exciting time. Um, yeah. What difference you know a few weeks makes? You know, after Palace when we were nearly, you know, gonna end it all. <laughs> yeah, God, yeah, <laughs> we nearly do. I mean, to be honest, after that podcast we did, we felt like we were both off to. To end it all, didn't we? But didn't the, Dover, after the, after the club. Oh, God, let's not give anyone ideas. Um, so, <laughs> right, well, look, let's, let's move on anyway to the, to the man of the match. It, it, I think it proved, it was kind of testament to the game and how well a lot of the players played that I think Arsenal, the Premier League and Fantasy League and God knows what else, they all gave different men of the match. So who who, who was yours? I was thinking about this before the podcast. Um, it's really it's difficult. There, there was a few. Um, I'm going to play it safe. And I'm going to go Ainsley because I thought he came in and mm. did a really good job. Um, just some of his kind of the, 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 the little moments of play. You know, he, he set up the first goal well. Mm. That was ruled off. Played like a really nice ball in, and he just you know he wants to play in that role. And I thought credit to him. He's come in and he stepped up to it. Yeah, and for a player that was seemingly completely out of the Arsenal fold like a couple of weeks ago really I mean we put the Instagram post up and wanted to be out of the club and I think he's just been managed really well and I think you know as Arteta was saying he's a different player he's he sees a different player he's asking the right questions he's being intelligent in training and Arteta kind of went all in to praise him and I think that's only going to do him wonders am I confident that that he's going to be I think he's going to be a great squad player and I'm glad that El Nenny is now down in the pecking order I'm 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 really happy about that. I don't think he's going to be any more than that, but I think he can be a utility man. Um, and I'm really, really happy about that. I don't think he was man of the match, in my opinion. I, okay. I think, I think uh, we haven't even really spoken about him, but I thought Ben White was class, like really, oh, really class. class. I mean, you know, he sort of half set up the goal in a sense. He was conducting play from the back. He would, he almost defends something before it needs to be defended. Like he's so intelligent. You know, and I think he gets in front of people quicker than, you know, someone they would have to. So before a play really ends up starting, he's so intelligent. And the way him and Gabriel work together is just something that, you know, um, it just is is really exciting. I mean, the other man of the match I could have given, was, to be honest, was Ben Foster. You know, you forget that Gabriel header, the penalty save and all that sort of stuff. And um, he was obviously, obviously, wasn't he? He was insane. His YouTube channel is going to be popping off this week. I can't wait. I'm waiting for that. I'm dying <laughs> for that. Um, just, going, just going back to Ben White, I think yeah. you know, that, that's a great shout. Um, I really love his runs he makes into the midfield. Keep keep doing that, Ben. Love that. When he, yeah. he charges in and he kind of, you know, he, he just creates a space. And, you know, just, just, just from doing that, you know, it creates so many options. Mm. Um, also on Ben Foster, I kept, I kept um, when I was recording my podcast earlier, I kept calling him Scott Carson. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but it's like, it's Ben Foster. And I, like, <laughs> and I was like, I even watched his channel. Same do you, thing. Do you know why he doesn't, is he not allowed the GoPro in the Premier League? 
Is that what? Is uh, surely not? I mean, I, I think it's it, a bit sad well, he, anyway. He doesn't have it in the goal anymore. In the championship, he had it in the goal. Um, I think it's probably maybe TV teammates. Maybe TV rights, but maybe someone's just put an arm around him going, come on, mate, it's professional sport. Let's not, let's not do this. I don't do know. You, do you, I, see, I, I quite like it. Cause I, I think you? it's quite fascinating. Like what, I've watched a lot of his videos when he was in the championship. Like It's so fa- interesting watching kind of how fast the, the, the game is and when the ball and you know, when the goal goes, the ball goes in. It's a bit of a target though, I guess, right? It's sort of... yeah. And people kind of come up to it and do, you know, celebrate in front of it. So I, I get it. It's it's maybe unwanted <laughs> attention. Yeah, yeah I, I I don't know. I just find, I think I find it a bit weird, like a thirty-eight-year-old being a YouTuber. I think <laughs> I think that's it, mate. That's all. Like he's a very successful person. He doesn't need to be. I don't, I don't know. It, you don't he's got it, some mate. interesting story. He's you know, and he's not like I don't know. David, to be fair, it is interesting. It is I mean, interesting, and he's got says, some really interesting stuff to say about it. But says the man who's out. On a Tuesday night, getting a, a ladder shelf. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, I don't earn twenty grand a week playing in the Premier League, so I have I have to stoop this low. You see. I'm kidding. I am. Um, yeah. Marketplace is it? Can't go wrong, mate. Absolutely, mate. Well, to be honest, no. It was it was my girlfriend who messaged me because she knew I was in the market for one, and she was on a local app. I don't know what it's called. I can't remember. Next door, I think it's called. And lo and behold, it's good quality, mate. It's like oh. heavy duty stuff. Like I'm, I like I think it. It's from Made.com or something. But oh, oh, that's I digress. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> um, we're, going, we're going off on one here. We are. We are indeed. We should probably get to the dick of the day. Um, but yeah, one more thing on Ben White. What was I going to say? Um, yeah, I, did, I don't know if you noticed, particularly in the first half and early in the second, when he was driving forward, it almost like was they knew it was coming because that's his skill. So they're almost like invited onto it and they were surrounded him. Like they were all over him. And then he got tackled once, I think, but the rest of it, he managed to pop it off. And that really so much space. And I just, mm. that's why I sort of game man of the match. I think a sentimental man of the match would be to A's and Mate and Niles with, you know, because the way he's come back, the sentimental value of him being, you know, a youth, youth player. But, um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm more I happy think, for him. I think there was a few, kind of, there was a few players out there who, who yeah, kind of had a good game. Um, yeah. It's Smith Rowe, Gabriel, Tomiyasu. God, we didn't even speak about Tomiyasu, but okay, good dick of the day. Who's your dick of the day? Let's go into our favourite favourite man, um, Danny Rose. Danny, Danny Rose. Yes, mate. I love it. I can't wait to Danny, you're not going to Milan, mate. You're not even going to Bournemouth. <laughs> you're going to Watford and, you, and you'll be playing in the Championship next season. You absolute <laughs> cunt. Honestly. Have you heard anything from, heard anything from Milan? Anything from Milan? Anything from Milan? Oh. So good. Can't no, stand uh, him. Weird, Danny, but no. Mate, he... Because you know they committed twelve fouls in the first half and got two red yellow cards. Oh yeah, and he didn't we've get not, one. We've not even talked about this. <laughs> oh my god, I can't even be bothered. But I mean, yeah. he he, it was borderline assault what he did to Lacazette. It was ridiculous. Oh, can't believe he didn't get a red. Didn't even get a yellow for that. And then um, they were just kicking us, and I think they let him get away with it. Kevin Friend, you look like Noddy, mate. So I've got no time for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good dick of the day. That's a very good dick of the day. Absolutely, um, he does my head in. And obviously, he was calling. He was the one involved, obviously, with the trying to get the other guy to stay down when he was faking the injury, so that we didn't play the ball from the throw-in. Um, so, of, of all people, they the Watford PR team chose to interview him after the game as well, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I think you know when these when these decisions go against you and you know teams out like that, it's like shut up, Danny. Oh, shut up, Danny, mate. Shut up, Danny. No one cares about you, Dan. Um, okay, fair. Um, my dick of the day uh, is actually a little bit different. Um, I've actually given it to myself. Okay, uh, which is something I've done a few times, but it's it's for uh, for turning into a little fan girl 
um, when I saw Mikel Arteta and, and, and panicking and definitely, definitely didn't play it cool. Um, but that's me. That, that's an idiot. <laughs> I just got very excited and there I was presented with... Maybe, I can't tell if it was because he was the manager of Arsenal or because he's so damn handsome. I can't tell, but it was definitely one or the other. I love, I love, I would, I would love to have like kind of been like a fly on the wall. I wonder what he was thinking. There was a guy with a ladder shelf who's showing me his phone. Yeah. With all the <laughs> pictures. What is going on? Yeah. He <laughs> He's thinking, thought, I'm already late for this premiere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he probably thought, do you know what? He probably thought, God, maybe he was starstruck. Maybe he thought, oh, God, this guy's so handsome. Is he, is he the Arsenal editor? Is he, is he, do, is do, he, do, is do he? you think like he was probably thinking like, is he, is he trying to sell this ladder up to me? <laughs> <laughs> if I'd have sold, if I'd have sold a ladder to Mikel Arteta, I don't know what, I, I mean, that would be on my tombstone. He's probably thinking, listen, if I give you 20 quid, will you go away? <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, mate. I'd have no, fair play. I'm I'd very jealous. That's great, honestly, mate. Fair play. Well, fair play. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have gone over. I'd have been too nervous. Well, I was kind of already there. I was just walking with him. Like, I didn't even mean to. Like it was a bit weird. But yeah, I got got very excited. But um, so let's do some questions. Um, so I've just texted you, mate. Um, some screenshots of some photos. Oh, uh, sorry, yes. of, of some of the uh, questions we get from people. So um, do do you want to pick one? Uh, okay. Uh, hmm. Should we sell Leno when he's leaving at the end of the season? He's out of contract, so I'm guessing not, right? Um, let's have a look. I mean, who Is said that? Sorry, who said that? That was the first one, top left. Oh yeah. Okay. So Caleb. Um, sorry, Caleb. I didn't pronounce. <laughs> sorry. Cheers, Caleb. Apologies. Um, so should we sell Leno? I mean, if. It's a good question. I assume he means in January, right? Um, I think my answer is no. I'd rather lose in a bit of free than get a couple million yeah. out of it for the sake of having a good backup keeper because what, what's the next line? We've got um, Runnison or... Who's, God, who yeah. We got? Oh, yeah we, oh. I think it is Runnison. Is Runnison still, still, still here? Is he got, what's the... We've got, an, oh, God, I've got that. We've got another one who's coming through. You could be into the no. I can't remember the name, but he, he seems to be pretty good. He's very raw. He played... Not too long ago, I believe, like the end of last season in a small game, but did look at didn't look quite up to it yet. But you know, highly talented no. and very young. So I think, yeah, I think we we keep hold of him and let him go for, on a free. Yeah, I, I, I unfortunately think that's the case, but um, that's fine. Arsenal obsessed. When will you let me on the podcast? When will well, you let me on the podcast, Toby? Well, look, it's, we're always happy to get people on. Let's go on his profile now. I mean, oh, I can't. Um, hey, write in, mate. Maybe do a little. That goes to anyone, you know, do a little blurb, let us know if you fancy coming on, what you fancy saying, and perhaps we'll do a live phone-in. Maybe we'll do a live show. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we'll do we'll get Robbie Savage on and we'll do, you know. Arsenal edit in, yeah. in the clock end live. Uh... Yeah, I like it. And yeah, we'll, we'll do a team up and we'll uh, become a bit of an Arsenal fan TV and just rile people and have really terrible, <laughs> terrible opinions. I'm people will have People will have badges at games saying like, <laughs> Arsenal edit <we're> out. <laughs> <laughs> I start singing... Um, Toby yeah. Parks is yeah no I'm not kidding. Oh, they were singing bad. at Leicester the week and um, it's bad, isn't it? And Robbie Lyle was up to four rows in front of me, and I was a bit like, "That's not very nice, is it?" It's not. It's not. I mean, uh, I uh, look. I think you can like or dislike a publication about your club because that's your right to, and you can even sing about that because that's your right to. But you know, at the end of the day, you've got a guy who's dedicating his whole life and probably earning a lot of money. To be fair, from um, 
to, to Arsenal and he's worked really hard to get there and absolutely you know there's a few things he is and I think he's I think Arsenal fan TV is is trying to get better but it's still quite damaging way, way. Um, I, I think it's no, it's, it's, no, it's no <coughs> different than what we do you know having a podcast he, he just does it on a much bigger scale I guess you know yeah here's a good question actually um, yeah so from Lucas uh, Lucas Benji something um if Pi is fit for Liverpool, should Sambi or Ainsley Maitland-Niles play next to him? Uh, Sambi. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think that's relatively oh. easy, but I don't think. And this is for Liverpool, sorry. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Ainsley in the team. You know, I think he's got a, like a he's got a physical profile that I like. I think Sambi has been really good, and I think he's going to be really, really big in the future for Arsenal. I think he's going to have a long career. I mm. think he's going to go right to the top. But I do think he's given the ball away a couple of times in slightly pressured moments. And I think that'll go. But I think... Um, and I think he's a little bit lightweight still. Only a tiny yeah. bit. But I think he's been really, really good. And I do wonder if having him and Maitland-Niles... Um, no, actually, that's not going to work, is it? No. No, I, I would still have Lukonga, but I would think there is definitely an argument to have any to make in Niles just for the physical profile um, and the calmness, I think. And he's also um, really good at penalties. He's mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, much better than... Um, yeah, he's, he's so relaxed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I, actually, oh, go on, go on, sorry. No, no you go on. No, I was going to say, there's another good question here, actually, but I'm, I dare not pronounce the name, so I'm going to let you pronounce the name. It's it's the second picture. Um do you think Arsenal is? Uh, do you think Arsenal is one major signing away from being competitive for the title? Um, yeah, that's uh, Hogna Midjord. Um, I hope that was pronounced correct. I do apologise if I butchered that. Uh, do you think Arsenal is one? Um, it's a really good question. I can see where that logic's come from because I think our first eleven, maybe our first thirteen, is is really good. I think I think we're a couple. Um, but I think, how am I going to say it? I, th- I think we're a couple of signings from our first team, our first 11 from from being title contenders in that sense. If we were going to have um, everybody fit for the season, you know, I think we're a striker and perhaps maybe a second midfielder away from, from, from being title contenders. But I also don't think, I also think we're about six signings away in real life because I don't think we have the depth. Yeah, so I, I think agree. we're a, I think we're a good distance away from it in reality. A good, um, I'd say at least like two or three windows. Yeah, um, two or three windows is a good way of doing it. In terms of quality and also sort of, you know, the players we've got when they sort of reach their peak. Well, not peak, but do you know what I mean? Like when they become, you know, like Zodegard, um, Smithrow Sack, when they're sort of a lot more consistent, where we're seeing like those sort of performances, you know, at the top uh, yeah. a lot more regularly. Um, I agree. I agree. I think yeah, there's a lot more to come from these players, and you know, add 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 two transfer windows times, three transfer windows time, to um to Emil Smith Rowe and Saka. I mean, God knows what their ceiling could be. Same goes with White and Gabriel as a partnership. Ramsdale getting confident. I mean, it's only going to grow. And um, but I think at the same time as we mentioned, Lacazette and Abamian are only going to go downhill. I think it's just an unfortunate um fact of nature they're going to decline a little bit and I think we still get a lot out of them but yeah it's it's interesting I think we're still we're still a long way away from being anywhere near title contenders but yeah um, for sure I think because I think apart from anything else by the time let's say 
everything goes amazingly, we get into the Champions League again. We're going to need, need like six or seven players just to fill that squad for dealing with the midweek games again. I mean, um, and then still keeping the top four. So long way away. But um, yeah, not, I think we're, we're certainly on the up and we'll definitely get a lot more growth out of these players. Um, okay. Uh, somebody said, and I've lost it now. Um, it's really going to annoy me. Something said, can we get anything? Yeah, can we get any thing from Liverpool? And then somebody also said, um, how do we get something out of Liverpool? Uh, okay, so Ibrahim Mir says, um, can we get it from Liverpool? And surely Shea says, can we beat Liverpool? Um, do you think we could? And how would you do it? I mean, I think we're, we're definitely longer with Drew Winner there. Um, but I don't know. I mean, listen, mm. Brian went up there and got a result. I, t- I don't think we've got enough to beat them. I think we can get a draw, though. Um, yeah. I don't think they are the Liverpool they were like two seasons ago. Um, I, I think, you know, we. Need, I think it's the sort of game where you really kind of need a Bamiang to be, you know, um, on top form. You know, if, if he's going to get the chances, it, you're not going to get many opportunities in sort of games. You, you've got to be clinical to, to, to get anything out of the game. Yeah, I agree. I think you have to. I, I would... Um... Yeah, I, I, look, I think we've got a confident team now. We've got people who are feeling great. I think we've got a Liverpool team who are have just lost to West Ham away. They've got Atletico Madrid to think about. They've, um, you know, and they've just dropped, dropped points to, to Brighton at home. And I, I don't think we will. I don't think we'll actually get any points. Um, but I think, I think there's no reason why we couldn't, you know. And I think if we... I would personally go three at the back. I'd drop Tierney in and play Tavares. Um, so you'd have a back three of Tierney, Gabriel and White. And then you'd have Tommy Asu on the right, perhaps. Um, and then have Party Lakonga centrally. Um, and then have the front three as Aubameyang, Saka and um, and Emil Smith-Rowe, obviously, so because I mm. think that's our escape pass. We've got Party to make those incisive passes and then Aubameyang, Lacazette and... Sorry, Aubameyang, Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe to a sort of do what they do best and work together to to break on as fast as they can. And I think we'll just have to hit, you know, just sit back and hope, really. We need them to have a bad day and we need to have us to have a good day. So that's, that's how I'd do it. Who, who would you play? I think I'd go with that. Um, hmm. I'd pretty much the same. Um, would you yeah. start Odegaard so you could bring Lacazette on? To sort I don't think all... I would. I, I, I just, I think I'd drop that number 10 or the third midfielder as such, because I'd, I'd want that extra defender. Um, I think. I, think. I don't know. I, it's difficult. I, I think, I think, I'd, I think, I don't like if we, I don't like we go two defences though, because I feel like it completely, it, it, it completely, yeah, what's the right term? Well, it, we're just completely lacklustre up front, basically, if we're too defensive. Um, yeah. So I think we just have to be very careful to get the balance right. I think for me, I think I keep. I think I go with the same eleven we saw on Sunday mm. with with Partey. Um and maybe maybe bringing like Odegaard in, in for Lacazette. Okay. Have a free yeah, yeah. midfield. Um, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's it's difficult. 
Well, this sort of game, which we kind of crying out for Xhaka. Yes, yeah, I've said it. that's true. <laughs> I know it's so funny. No one's ever put those sentences, the words together in a sentence before. But no, it's interesting. I, the reason why I put another one is because I do look at the last couple of away performances, and that is um, Leicester and it's um, Watford. Uh, it's not Watford, sorry, Leicester and was it Villa? No, Villa was at home. Palace was at home. It was Brighton, and there were times for sure where those two teams got through quite a lot. Mm. <coughs> Sorry, I've got a cup of cough, but um, it's not COVID. So... It's fine. I, I can't I, catch I, COVID ever soon. <laughs> no, stranger things have happened. <laughs> no. Um, well, maybe you can in the metaverse, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, I... Yeah, I think there was a lot of chances. I think we did ride our luck a little bit, and I would... Going away to one of the best teams who have just come off a couple of losses and or dropping points at least, then... I think shoring up the back because they'll be very, very keen to, to get a win at home again. And, you know, you're not going for the, just, just accepting this is going to be a defensive game where you're going to have to play on the break. So I don't know. Let's see what happens. Um, okay. Let's do another one. So Ross Dilly says, will Emil's, Emil's getting called up to the England team situation have a detrimental effect on his return? Steve. Oh, sorry, I thought you were reading the question still. <laughs> I was, sorry. I thought, I thought there was more to it. It was like a detrimental, was that okay? No, no, uh, yeah, detrimental effect on, on his return. Um, yeah. I, I think it'd be fine as long as he... I mean, I feel like he's not at the level of Saka in terms of like, he hasn't played as much. I feel like Saka out of the two, you'd, you'd sort of want to maybe rest up a bit. I think he's played so much football with the Euros as well. Um, mm. But I think I think, I think that'd be fine. I think he'd be yeah, right. me too. I, th- I think like Smith Rowe won't really play. I, I I actually see this as a huge positive. I mean, he was going to go to the England under twenty ones. He would have played every minute there, um, because they've got some really important qualifying games. And um, I think he's not going to play that much. And I think when he does, I think he's going to love it. He's going to embrace it. I think when you come back from international duty, you you feel like you're a bigger player. You feel more important. You feel like you've gone up a step. And I think. I think you almost accept that you're becoming someone else as a player and you're becoming that important person. And I um, I think it'll only do good things to him. Unless, of course, he breaks his leg. Oh, God, don't. <laughs> um, here's another one, and then we'll do one more. But um, Alistair Wood's music. So if you're listening, check it out. Um, Saliba potentially coming back. Um, sorry, potentially becoming world-class. Could a back three for a foreseeable future be in order? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it's a good, it is a good question. Alistair, I mean, that's a good question. I just think it gives us more depth ultimately. Um, and I think we're all quite excited about the prospect of having a more mature experience to leave it back in the, in the team. Um, mm. you know, personally, you know, I was, I was always a bit like unsure as to why we were sending them out in the first place. Um, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely potential, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we should change our formation just because we've got another world-class centre-back. Um, I, I still think, I think we've, we messed up the low situation, but I'm not entirely against him going away and playing every minute in a season in the French League again. I think it was his preference to go to the French League, whereas we really wanted to stay in the Prem. So I think that was his choice. And um, when he does come back, and hopefully he does stay back, I, I think having him as a, I don't want to say backup, but our third centre-back, that doesn't start, I think, is is preferable. As a 21-year-old, I think that makes absolute sense. And to bring him in and integrate him slowly, and there will be opportunities for him to play. There just will. There'll be loads. 
White and Gabriel aren't going to stay fit all season. Um, there'll be cup games, there'll be Champions League games to Hopefully. balance out, of course. So I, I only see it as a benefit, and I think it gives us the option of a back three, um, but also still keeping Tommy Asu in the team because I, I think he would naturally be our third centre back. I think if we if we did lose, somebody, I think I, I think ultimately, yeah, no, I completely agree with what you're saying. You know, when when I say I think it would work, is you know, I'm I'm looking at it from the point of view that it just gives us more options, and you know, yeah. I'd rather have him at the team. And I think, you know, it's another young player who's got a huge potential, and I think he would fit in perfectly with this you know set of players. Mm. I like it. I like it, mate. Um, I couldn't agree more. All right, do you want to do you want to choose one to see us out? One more. I hope you choose uh, the one I'm looking at. Otherwise, I might ask that as the last one. <laughs> uh, um, mm, there's a weird one about Arsene Wenger here. <laughs> I saw that. How is Arsene so hot? I don't know who this is. Um, do you think Arsene? I think Arsene's good. Transfer targets in January. Realistic mm. for Arsenal this season. Go on, what's, a good question. What's, what's, I, I, what's the question you want to ask? Go well, on. no, I'll just to answer that quickly. I, I don't think well, I can't see us bringing anyone in. I, I don't know what profile that player would be. Like, I think our next big signing is going to be a striker, and I think we will splash out. I think KSE clearly is spending. Um, who that player is going to be, I don't know, but I just don't know who's going to have, who's going to come in January uh, unless I, we get like a Kim Kallstrom kind of person just to tear us over until. The AFCON Maybe. is over, but I don't know. I do feel like we need some midfielder. I just feel like we need a bit more um, experience in that because we are so light. Yeah. You know, where, wherever they bring Gwendozy back, maybe? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, I hope not. I hope not. I was never a fan of Gwendozy. Just a bit of a knob. I'm still on the fence. I, I, I yeah. change each week. Go on then, finish it off. Well, he's been in the French squad, hasn't he? Okay, all right, fine. Um... Tanya Fozard says, what do you think about uh, Wilshire saying Josh Cronkate cares about the club? And I suppose that comes off the back of the interview he did, which was very well-timed, um, and the fact they're pumping money into it. Mm. Yeah. it's. Mm. I mean, he's training with the club, isn't he? He's not going to come out and slag the club off, is he? It's, no. It's... Uh, I, 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 I watched the interview, and I took it as, you take it with a pinch of salt. Um, he's had he's had some incredible media training, put it like that. Yeah, um, yeah. it's easy to come out now on the back of a good run. Yeah, they've been at the club a long time. You know, the, they haven't you know gained the name Silent Stan for no reason. So no, exactly. I'm not going to sort of jump to their defence when you know they've been you know at the club what tw- 10, 12 years now, and they've they've literally you know there's been a real lack of cooperation with the fans. So. You know, hopefully, you know, <clears throat> it's a sign of, of change, but uh, also it could just be, you know, yeah. a, a PR stunt. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, <clears throat> oh, apologise. Um, we, we've had some terrible times with them, and obviously we were all at the forefront of protests to get him out of the club, the back of the Super League stuff, which is unforgivable, um, quite frankly. But, you know, I, I do take a step back, and at the time... And even before the Super League stuff, we were asking for um, <clears throat> owners that got more involved. They've now created that foundation, the um, number of, I can't remember what it's called, but a, uh, a path in with that sort of leaders from the Arsenal fan groups where they would come in and have a direct contact with Josh and the, the board and now Mikel. Um, and they, they, we always wanted like a, 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 you know, an owner that would come out and 
speak to us a bit more and would spend money. And he's kind of doing that. He's being a bit more fan-facing. He's communicating with the fans better. He spent a hell of a lot of money. He's got to invest in the right tactic. And my question would be, like, everything, there's a lot of stuff that's gone forgivable in the past, but what is a perfect billionaire owner? They're all going to be bastards in some way. Mm. You know what I mean? There's, there's, no such, there's just no such thing. Um, ultimately, want whoever it's going to be, because I think we have to accept that's what it is, it's not going to... Like, there's no owner in the Premier League I'd rather have. You know, they're all basically bastards in some way. Um, you, you, you don't get that rich without being a bastard, basically. Exactly. Yeah, I just think... Like, what, what are we looking for as a billionaire owner? Because ultimately, we do want a billionaire owner because we want them to spend money. And he's finally doing that. How long it took him is devastating. The whole Super League thing was devastating. And I don't buy the fact that, oh, we were just Arsenal, so we had to join. Oh, we're such victims in this. No, you're not, Josh. And obviously, doing this interview at a time where we've won 10 games on the bounce or, you know, been undefeated, the, the optics are very obvious. He's a very media-trained guy. And I can see straight through it. But, you know, I'm, we were asking for it, and he's done it. <laughs> so I, I can only be happy about that, really. Um, I mean, it is not. it is nice that, you know, he is he has offered in his start, you know whether you whether you, you know, question it or not, um he's done it, you know. Yeah. And Same with Eddie. So it's true. So see he was there tonight actually as well. I didn't didn't say hello. But um, I've just I've just seen pictures, I was looking actually got pictures of Arteta in his nice suit. He looks very handsome tonight. It does, but hey, he's as we've discussed, he's a very handsome man. We all know that. But um far too handsome. We said that far too much time, mate. <laughs> Getting a bit weird. We should we change probably... the name of the podcast, like the Mick Arteta um, fan club. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> or the, um, what should we call it? Like the, I don't know what we should call it. But the, Sorry, um, well, ask, I get the listeners something. today. Listeners, what, what should we call it? The Mick. Oh, guys, yeah, let us know. At In The Clock End or at Arsenal. What do you think we should call this podcast today? Um, <laughs> dear, I, I, I think we're starting to chat balls now. I think we should probably leave it there. It's late. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm late. Get, it's I'm late. getting text messages from uh, from Steph saying, I want to go to bed. So I'm like, oh, I'm like <laughs> all right, I'm like, any minute now. <laughs> oh, you, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you trot on back down to, to her. Don't, don't, don't you worry about it. That's all good. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go and um, populate my ladder with, with items that nice. I, think, I think would sit there. So, um, Arsenal memorabilia, right? Arsenal memorabilia, absolutely, mate. Um, actually, got a mosaic that I did. I mean, I'll text it to you. That's a picture of Bamyang wearing his. Um, uh, I'll text it to you now. Bamyang wearing his um, like mask that he, when he sort of celebrate that goal oh, yeah. against. I, I made a little. Uh, I did it over lockdown. I got into mosaicing and um, yeah, I did that. Which I'm sure the listeners can't see right now, which is going to be very boring for them. But I'm going to send it to you. But um, should we? Oh, Let's wow. do a podcast in between. Oh, uh, it's pretty sick, mate. I'm very talented. That's really nice, man. Um, should we... Let's do a podcast in the meantime. I don't know what we'll do yet, but guys, we'll do a podcast. Me and Steve, we'll do one over the... Um, over the... Uh, break. International break. And something will happen. It will be exciting. But in the meantime, we can enjoy the break and look forward to Liverpool away. But uh, thanks very much for listening. Steve, thanks so much for coming on, mate. Thank you, mate. Appreciate you having me on. No worries. Hashtag Arteta is handsome. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> All right, take care, everyone. See you next week.